podcast for hairdressers. All right, you guys, welcome back to Just Jay-Z, an epic podcast for hairdressers. <laughs> Stu always makes fun of me because that's like the tagline I chose for the podcast. And he's like, well, yeah, it's for hairdressers, but also we want it to be like lifestyle so anyone can listen to it. So give me your opinions. Do you guys want us to change the tagline or do you think it's good? Um, I kind of just came up with it on a whim. So um, anyway, to start off today, I am actually alone. I've never done a podcast by myself before. But Stu is currently out in the salon doing hair. He usually takes off Mondays and Fridays to podcast with me and work on other business stuff. But he ended up getting sick this week. It's not COVID. Don't worry. He had allergies um, and he had to go to the doctor. So he moved some of his appointments to today. So he is not with me. But I did a little Q&A on my YouTube channel this week and I got so many questions, but it ended up being like over a 20 minute video and I didn't have time to answer all the questions. So I thought I would do a little follow up here on the podcast. So I have my list of questions pulled up from Instagram and I'm just going to answer some of them right here. So if you are interested in this episode, then stay listening. Okay, first question, we'll start light and then we'll get into the juicy ones. The first one is, what is your dream vehicle? Um, For a long time, I wanted a Range Rover. My husband knows this. I've been talking about it forever, but it's more of like a dream car, kind of like this question states, uh, because it's like that, you know, like bougie car, but it's really expensive to fix when it breaks down. So it's probably not the most practical. Um, So I would have to say, and this is going to be so funny, but a Tesla, because my husband and my dad are obsessed and I didn't really get the whole hype, but I will say I run out of gas way too often for a 28 year old adult. So the fact that I could just plug my car in and not have to get gas is really appealing to me. So I'm going to have to say that. (laughs) All right. Next question is best way to cope with being an educator with anxiety. This is such a cool question because I feel like on Instagram, it's so easy to see people doing things like educating or, you know, just anything cool, you know, and I think it's so easy to jump to conclusions and think that they have their life together. They must know everything. They must just never get nervous and never get scared and never have anxiety. And that's just so not the case. I have been educating for two, almost three years now, and I still get nervous. Of course, I'm less nervous than I was, you know, the first few classes I had, but I feel like you're always going to be a little nervous because it's a new crowd. Every time you're meeting new people, and you never know how it's going to go. And I do struggle with social anxiety, which I think a lot of people wouldn't guess coming from me um, just because I have like this platform and I'm on YouTube and Instagram and I, you know, travel teaching. Um, But I do, I definitely get a little nervous being around people sometimes one-on-one, things like that. And I think the biggest piece of advice I can give you is just to push through it. It's really um, easy to stay in your comfort zone and in your bubble and not push yourself. But The biggest thing that I've taken away from being an educator with anxiety is that I've had to just force myself to do it, learn how to be a good speaker, learn how to engage with people and, you know, kind of cut my nerves and push forward. And every time I do that, I feel so good and so fulfilled after. So I would just say, put yourself outside your comfort zone and I promise one day it will get easier. Okay. Next question is, What are the three necessities to starting your own salon? Wow. Um, Everyone's situation is so different, but if I could give some general advice, I would say the first thing would be having a good work ethic. 
Um, owning a salon is not for you if you're the kind of stylist that likes to work three days a week and you know do your clients and go home. That is more ideal for like someone who would be in a home salon or even a commission salon at times, or maybe just a booth runner. Um, it is a 24/7 job owning a business, not just being there physically. You know, it's behind the scenes work, it's taxes, it's paperwork, it's financials. I'm very lucky to have family that helps me with all that, so I can focus on the creative stuff and the marketing. But um, when I was first starting out, I did that all by myself for the first six months, and it is no joke. Um, so I would just say the first thing is, you know, know what you're getting into, know that it's going to require a lot of your attention, a lot of your time and don't give up because there will be hard times with it. And if you turn around and give up, then none of it would be worth it. Right. So I would just say, know that it's going to require that, but it will pay off in a few years. Um, number two is a good support system. Um, not that you need like a team helping you open the salon if you're doing it on your own, but just having supportive friends, family members, significant other, um, you know, just people in your life cheering you on and someone you can vent to at the end of the day, because like I said, it can be hard being a business owner. And then number three would be if you can someone to help you with the financials, the taxes, all the business licenses and stuff that you may not know. If you are someone who wants to open a salon and you know all that, then you're way ahead of me <laughs> um, because I was in over my head when we started. But I would just say someone to kind of help you get on the right path, whether it's an accountant or a lawyer or whoever you need help from. And then do your research and learn those things as you go because you are going to be running this business and you don't want to have no knowledge about it. So have someone to help you, but then also learn those things yourself. Okay. Let's see. All right. Next question is where do you see you and your business in five years? I love you so much. Thank you. Her name was Emily. Thank you, Emily. That's a good question. Me and Stu did a podcast a week or two ago where we talked about where we see ourselves in 10 years. Um, which seems super far away, but five is a little closer. It's crazy that Jagger will be five then. That's insane. Um, I definitely see us doing what we're doing now, but hopefully on an even bigger scale. Um, if you guys have followed me for a while, you know that we are currently in our third building since we opened. We've just kept upgrading and we've kind of hit a point now where it's like, okay, we don't want to keep upgrading building wise because our building is 15,000 square feet. It's our dream location. It's everything we would need. We actually purchased the building. Me and my dad purchased it at the beginning of this year. So we own it. So we're going to be here for the long haul, but I would hope that our business continues to grow in the sense of maybe we'll have other locations or um, separate warehouses or, you know, just more products and more of a community. And, you know, all you can hope for is that your business continues to excel. And I'm the kind of person that's go, go, go. I never stop. And one of my biggest flaws is that I'm always working on the next thing and I never give uh, myself or the business a chance to just enjoy what we have. So I feel like I want to continue to grow and obviously release new products and, you know, continue to do new things. But I also hope that I can learn to hone in on the things that we have and excel at those things. So I hope in five years we're doing what we're currently doing, but even better. And hopefully we have some new things going as well. Um, so much can change in five years. It's almost been five years since I opened my salon and I cannot believe how much has changed since then. So it will be kind of funny in five years to look back and see what has changed. 
All right, the next question is, I have a hard time getting super into social media, but I really want to, any tips? All right, I'm really passionate about this one, you guys. I have followers, friends, stylists from all over, and even those that work at my salon ask me this question all the time. And I've even had stylists I know or friends start YouTube channels or you know, get on Instagram and get really passionate about it and excited for the first little bit, and then it just dies out. And I know it's easy to be excited in the beginning. And then once it's like, oh, this is work and it's a job to actually create content, it's easy to give up. But my biggest piece of advice is don't give up and be consistent. And I probably sound like a broken record because I always say this, but you have to be consistent with whatever platform you're trying to build on, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or what it may be. You have to know that it's going to take time to build a clientele or a following and you can't give up just because it gets hard. You know, you have to go through that hard stuff to get the success. So be consistent. Let your followers know what to expect from you and just don't give up. You know, I started my YouTube channel four and a half years ago and I went back and looked at my first video the other day and it literally is me doing someone's hair, not explaining a thing, no talking. It's just music the whole time. And I left like things in there that I would normally cut out. It was just crazy. Like you didn't learn a thing, but for some reason I stuck with it and my videos started to get better and better. And then I did start to grow. And yes, I've had success with YouTube and Instagram, and I probably wouldn't have my business without those platforms, but I still have a long way to go. I mean, I compare myself to people who have millions of followers or hundreds of thousands, and that can be hard too. So even if I look like I'm successful to you guys, just know that there's other people more successful than me than me that I look up to as well. So, you know, you can always progress and grow as long as you're staying consistent. All right. Next question is, how are you doing with the new baby, husband, house, etc.? That's so nice. Whenever I do these little questions, it's usually hair questions or you know, just kind of random questions, but it's really nice to see that people are like checking in and caring about me. That's so sweet. Um, I'm doing great. It is definitely just an adjustment to having a baby, being a newlywed during COVID, um, having all that going on, plus my business and planning a wedding and all that. So it's definitely overwhelming and I'm trying to learn balance. I am the first to admit that I suck at balance. Um, when I was opening the salon, I put my all into it. And for the first you know, three years, especially I was just 24 seven working and that probably did impact my first marriage more than I would like to admit. There were obviously other issues that led to divorce, but that definitely was part of it on my end. And I take responsibility for that. And, you know, it got me to where I'm at in my career. But because of that, I had like three nonstop years of killing myself, putting work first 24 seven, not caring about anything else. And now I have a baby and a new marriage and I can't do that anymore. You know, like I definitely still have to be working and I'm never going to stop, but I have to learn when to put it away to focus on my baby and my husband and stuff like that. And, you know, to be honest, everyone needs that like unwind time too. So even if you are single, yeah, for sure, hustle, put your all into your job, but you still need that relaxation time to kind of reset so you can be your best. So that's probably my biggest struggle right now is just learning that balance and learning how to turn it off. But overall, I'm doing really well. Um, baby's doing great. He's five months old. It's so crazy. He's so big. Um, me and Jordan are doing awesome. We get married in Mexico in 13 days and we're super excited for that. For those of you that don't know, we got married in the courthouse during COVID just because we weren't sure how long COVID was going to go on. And 
we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do our wedding. And also I was pregnant and we thought it would be better to be on his insurance. So we got married at the courthouse because of that six months ago, but we always planned to do a destination wedding in Mexico. And now that it's October and things are opening up a little more, that's what we're doing. So we're super excited for that. Um, we're currently living in a house Jordan purchased almost two years ago. We love it, but we are definitely thinking about upgrading. So we'll probably be building or buying sometime, hopefully soon. But yeah, doing really well. Just, you know, crazy life. <laughs> All right. The next question is, how many children would you like to have? This one's hard. Jordan and I go back and forth on this every day. Um, I definitely feel like I want one more. But then there's times that I'm like, no, I can't do it. So it's kind of hard when you have a new baby and you're a new time mom to answer that question accurately. Um, but I, I feel like there's probably one more. If I could guarantee that it was a girl, I'd probably for sure do it just so I could naturally have a boy and a girl. Um, but we do have Jordan's stepdaughter, Peyton, and now Jagger, and we have one of each. So I'm good for right now. Um, and Jordan's so funny because he goes back and forth every day too. But the other day he was like, why don't we just get it over with and just do it right now back to back? And I was like, hell no, my body just is getting back. My hormones are just now evening out. And I admire the women who can do like three or four pregnancies back to back. I think that is crazy. So if we did have another one, it would probably be within two or three years just to give us some time to adjust to, you know, being married and having Jagger and, you know, I'm always going to work and have my business. So I don't want to overwhelm myself to the point where I'm not a good mom or a good wife or a good business owner. Um, so that would be my only hesitation with having more kids, but I also don't want Jagger to grow up alone because his stepsister's eight. So by the time he is eight, she'll be 16 and they won't really ever grow up together because we only have her every other weekend. So, you know, I do want to give him a sibling, but it's just a little overwhelming to think about right now. Um, but if we did, it would be just one more and done. I don't think I could do more than two. <laughs> okay. Next question is, have you systemized your hiring process? Do they assist first and then go on the floor, etc.? Um, this is a great question, and it's something that as a salon owner, you just kind of learn through trial and error. Uh, when we were first hiring, I really didn't know what I was doing, so I basically just hired whoever I wanted to, and that was fine, and it worked out, but as we have grown and our business has grown, we've obviously had to become a little pickier, so we now have a process where we accept resumes, we set up interviews for those that we're interested in, and then those people come in for a sit-down interview. And typically the interview process is done by me and my um, salon manager, Asia, and then head of operations, which is my sister, Kira. And all three of us you know, have different input of the business since we have different positions. So we think it's kind of helpful for us to all three interview together. And we have a set list of questions we ask. We go over the job description duties, um, you know, we ask things like, what are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? But we try to word them a little bit differently. So it's kind of trickier. And we basically do those interviews and then just go off of vibes. Whoever we felt was really good and we had a good connection with, um, we will bring them in for a technical interview. Um, usually they do a technical interview. They bring a model in, they bring their product and they can just basically have a day to work at the salon. I'm not standing over them the entire time, but we basically just have them pretend they were working to see how they fit in, see how their work is. And then if that goes well, we hire them and then we do an assisting program. So basically they have to assist. Um, it's usually two of our educators. They have to assist both of them for about a month. And then once they're ready to do pass-offs, 
we have a list of things they have to pass off before getting on the floor. So that month is the educators showing them how we do our methods, our techniques, how things are done at the salon. They kind of teach them how to check their clients out and they're getting familiar before they have to take clients. And then when we do um, the pass-offs, it's extensions, colors, cutting. Um, we just kind of have different categories we do. And then once they pass those off, they're ready to be on the floor. So it's definitely more of a process now than it used to be, but that's just something you learn with time. And I am super happy with our hiring process as of right now because I feel like recently we've just had incredible hires and we honestly have such a good team right now. And I just love everyone we have. So we are really lucky. All right, next question is, was it hard adjusting to becoming a stepmom and a new mom so fast? Oh my gosh, that is the question of the year. So becoming a mom in general is always overwhelming and I was blessed with a little Jagger in April, so I became a new mom. But a few months before that, I did meet my stepdaughter Peyton and started stepping into the role of stepmom. Um, stepmom is interesting because you never want to step on their natural mother's toes. You always want to make sure you're respectful. Um, I never want to like make you know hit Jordan's ex-wife or him feel weird. So I try to just kind of follow the same rules that Jordan and Peyton's mom have and. I'm kind of just there more as like the fun friend right now, I feel like. Uh, me and Peyton get along really well. She loves coming to work with me. She actually was here when we did a class in Utah about a month and a half ago, and it was so cute because she was so excited to be here, and she saw all the girls with their mannequins, and she came on the stage with me during um, everyone doing hands-on and started like practicing on her own mannequin, and she's just so cute and then we found a few days later like a little fort she had made in the education room and she had grabbed a few things from retail including a peyton wedge because it's named after her so it was just really sweet that she's like that's my name i want to hold on to it so it was just really cute so i love it i love being a stepmom we don't have Peyton a whole ton i say we usually see her about every other weekend and then sometimes randomly during the week we are going to mexico for our wedding next week and she'll be with us the whole time so i'm really looking forward to spending um, you know, like a lot of time with her at once, but it is nice that we do, um, get to share her and that we get her as often as we do. So, um, it's been fun being a stepmom, honestly, not as hard as I thought it would be. And then a new mom is, you know, always challenging, like I said, but it's been amazing. Jagger's literally an angel baby. I always feel like God gives you the children that you need and Jagger's literally just what I needed. So he's so good. Like, obviously he has tantrums just like every baby, but for the most part, he's really chill. He'll sit in his little swing in my office while I get things done. Um, usually if there's something wrong, we know what it is. He's either hungry, he needs his diaper changed, he's tired and he's fighting sleep, he just wants to be cuddled. Um, so I don't think I've ever had a moment yet where I'm like, I don't know what to do. Um, it's typically just one of those things. So it's definitely been hard, but it's been so much fun. Okay, what is something you want Jagger to know that you wish you would have known growing up? Oh my gosh, that one's so hard. Um, I think the biggest thing I can think of is that I would just want him to know that life is always going to throw you challenges and there's always going to be hard times. No matter who you are, what you do, you're going to have challenges in your life. And I just want him to know that it gets better and you can get through them. I want him to always have a good attitude about if people are mean to him or if he goes through a hard time, I just want him to be able to see the bright side. Um, I know that there are so many kids in high school, especially now with social media, like online bullying is a thing and you know, bullying is always a problem in high school. And I just hope that if he does have a problem like that while he's growing up, that he knows that high school is a small part of your life and the rest of the world is waiting for you. 
Um, I wish I would have known that because in high school, I ended up getting my GED, which most of you probably didn't know. And I didn't really think I was going to do much. Like I didn't love school. I didn't really have a plan and look where I am now. So if you give into those feelings of defeat, it's going to overtake you. But I just want him to learn to persevere through trials. Okay, next question is kind of trivial and juicy. Do you ever discuss your political views publicly? No, usually I don't. Honestly, I feel like with my platform, I have so many different people following me that I have to be careful. Um, I don't want my page to ever be about politics or getting people to argue. So I normally keep that off. But a couple of nights ago, I actually did do a story and I just said, I'm curious, um, what are your thoughts on COVID? Just because I feel like I've traveled so much recently and I've gotten to know more people. And when clients come in, it's just so interesting to me to like see different people's perspectives on COVID and what's going on. Because even though COVID's a, you know, a serious virus, it's also turned very political. And I think that social media doesn't help things like that because there are so many different views and opinions. So I just wanted to get everyone's feedback on it. And I did post the answers and I gave a little bit of my thoughts on it as well. And that's the most political I've gotten. And I would say like 99% of the people had the same views as me and were really respectful. And even if they disagreed with me, they were super respectful. But I did get like the 2% or 1% or whatever of people being like, you are so ignorant. You're such an idiot. I can't believe you're putting this on your platform, blah, blah, blah. And Jordan even got a message from someone that was like, I can't believe you're talking about this. Like, you're married to someone who was stupid enough to not know you were the father of their child, which there's a whole other story to that one. Can't go into it, but it's just funny that people are so strongly opinionated when other people have opinions that differ from theirs that they will go to the extremes to say that. Like, I understand if you don't agree with me or if you think what I said was offensive, but I just feel like it's crazy to like go to extremes to like name calling and like talking about our personal life that way. Um, Jordan's definitely more vocal about his politics and his views on his Instagram. Um, so he definitely probably gets more hate messages than I do, but I definitely try to keep silent on that. But with this one, I just, I just wanted to see people's opinions and it was good to see that. Um, but yeah, you can, Follow me on Instagram if you want. I don't do it much, but I do occasionally talk about things like this. Um, as far as COVID goes, I am like so sympathetic to anyone who has it, who has lost a loved one over it or had a loved one struggle over it. There's so many bad things about COVID, like, you know, people losing their lives, people getting ill and having lifelong things affecting their health because of it. There's also been people who have committed suicide and lost their jobs and gotten divorced over the stress of it. And you know, there's just been so much economic crisis because of it. Like this whole thing is hard all around. So whether you've lost someone to it or not, I'm sure you've been affected in some way. And instead of attacking each other, I think we should all just like lean on each other right now and support each other because our, our country is becoming so divided. And obviously it's an election year and I think that has a lot to do with it, but I think we just all need to be a little more loving right now. Uh, my personal thoughts on it is that it is a real virus, but I really don't think it's as, um, I don't think it's a pandemic style virus. It's a virus. It's going to spread. We're all going to get it at some point. Um, I think the CDC recently updated the survival rates and they're pretty high even for older age groups. Obviously, older age groups and people with underlying conditions, it's still really scary, but I just feel like it's a little crazy that we've shut our country down for this long and that people have lost jobs and businesses they've worked years on because of it. It just makes me sad. So I just hope that this all goes away very soon. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay. Biggest regrets, business, personal life, and schooling. Oh my gosh. 
that's hard. I would say my biggest regret when it comes to business is definitely blurring the line with friendships in business. I have done that a lot in the past and it's never gone well. I ended up hiring a lot of my family members, a lot of my friends. Honestly, like every friend I've had up to this point has worked for me at some point in some way. And it's honestly really great if it's the right fit. And some of them have been amazing, but others it's been kind of hard. Sometimes it's hard to have the friendship hat and the boss hat. And some people don't know how to handle that. I also tend to give friends more chances than they should have. And that's never good. Um, I give people the benefit of the doubt really easily. And I do love that about myself because I feel like I'm a very forgiving person and a very caring person, but I also feel like it doesn't benefit me um, because I do end up getting walked all over and I let people mistreat me and the business and they get away with it. So I usually don't learn my lesson until they've really like screwed up or, you know, it's become like too obvious to avoid anymore. So um, I think my biggest regret with business is that. And even though I do have family and friends working with me now, I am trying to do better at being a boss and being a friend and doing good at both of them so that there's no lines blurring. Um, I'm trying that. So that is something Jordan's actually helped me a lot with because he's really good at that. So um, shout out to Jordan. He's helped me a lot with some of my issues, but that would be my business regret. Personal life regret. Oh my gosh, there's so many. It's hard. Like I used to have more regrets when it came to my personal life, but recently as I've gotten older, I kind of feel like everything happens for a reason. And, you know, you have to learn things to get better. And I feel like every mistake I've made, whether it be big or small, has taught me something. And I've also gotten to where I am where I am today because of all the decisions I've made in my life. And who's to say that if I went back and changed one thing that I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, you know? So that's kind of hard because I feel like I don't really have any big regrets because I am grateful for everything that life has taught me. Um, I've had people ask if I regret like my first marriage or things I did in it. And I can say, yeah, for sure. I regret mistakes I made. Um, I definitely wasn't perfect and I could have handled certain situations a lot better. But I honestly feel like that marriage taught me so much about how I want my marriage now to go and the kind of mom I want to be. And, you know, it just taught me a lot. And I'll always have love for my first husband because of that. Like we kind of grew up together. We started dating when we were 20 and we got divorced when I was 27, I think. So we had a lot of time together and it taught me a lot. So I don't really regret anything, but I guess I do regret that I can, like I have handled certain situations badly in the past. <laughs> Schooling. Um, <laughs> I never have been good at school. I told you guys I got my GED. I actually don't regret doing that because I feel like it was a good move for me at the time. And I honestly have nightmares to this day. Like, you know how they always say like, you'll get nightmares about being back in high school and you're in your underwear. My nightmare is that I'm in high school again and I'm not passing classes and I have to graduate. And literally in my dream, every time I'm like, oh, it's okay. I can just get my GED. It's fine. <laughs> Which probably isn't a good thing, but I just like see it as a cop out. But I got my GED and then I went to hair school. And um, I would say probably my biggest regret with schooling, I guess, is when I went to hair school, I started at Aveda. And I really just interviewed at Aveda. I had a few friends going there. So I was like, I'm going to do it. And I didn't look at any other schools. I just kind of jumped in and it was great because I learned a lot. But honestly, I wish I would have done my research and researched other schools, um, kind of see what other people and other education programs had to offer. Just because I feel like with Aveda and Paul Mitchell, 
nothing against them. I think they're amazing brands and the fact that they're able to have color and products in a hair school is incredible. Um, but I do feel like going to schools like that with a big name kind of pigeonhole you because you have to use their products. You have to do stuff their way. And I feel like you don't have a lot of creative freedom. Um, so I would say if I had to go back, I would have gone to a different school that let me have that. Um, I went to Aveda and ended up switching half, like five months into it, lost all my hours, even though I paid for them and had to start over. So I ended up going to a school that gave me more freedom. Shout out to the Forum Academy here in Utah County. Love them so much. And I learned so much from them. So I wish I just would have gone to that school from the get go. Um, but I ended up switching, losing my hours and I had to do 2,500 hours total because of that. So I would say in the end, I'm glad I got more education and more hours. Cause like, what does that hurt me? But at the same time, I wish I just would have done my research and like looked at a lot of schools to figure out what was best for me. All right. Next question is how do you keep up such a strong social media presence? And do you get exhausted? Uh, yeah, I get exhausted for sure. It can be really hard to constantly have creative content to put out there. Um, it's really hard because, you know, I run my personal account, my hair account, the salon and extension account, the boutique account and the education account. So that's five Instagrams. I have to have content for, I have to have creative captions for, I have to keep people engaged and have stories and it's hard. It's a lot of work. So, you know, having one account's hard, having that many is even harder. Um, I think it helps that I now have this business that has legs of its own. I have a brand for it. You know, I know like the style I'm going for with all my posts. So I feel like I can do it pretty easily now, but it does take a lot of energy. So I would just say the biggest thing is plan your content. Something I do is I like to post early in the morning because that's when our insights are the highest. So what I'll do is the night before, once Jagger's sleeping and I'm in bed, um, I will actually plan all of my posts out and I will put them on the Instagram page that they're going to go on, write out the caption, do all the tags, get everything ready. And then if you go back, like you're going to actually exit out of that post before um, posting it, it'll actually let you save it as a draft. So I do that for all my accounts. And that way in the morning, I can just go through and post the draft for each account. And then all I have to do is do the hashtags and everything else is done. So that helps a ton. I would say do that as much as you can. Save up a few drafts for the week and just make that part of your job. Um, you know, if you're a hairdresser trying to build your social media, think of it as your job and do it while you're at the salon. After you're done with your last client and you've cleaned up, sit at your chair for 15 minutes and plan out your posts and your content for the next week. So that way, you know, it's not going to be a burden and you don't forget because you get too busy and you're treating it like a job and you're not resenting doing it when you're home. Cause when you're at home, you have other things going on usually. Um, so if you do it while you're at work and just get it all ready to go, then it's going to be a lot easier. Okay, next question is aftercare tips for teeth and extensions. Totally random. I love your videos. <laughs> Thanks, Gabby. That's so sweet. Uh, this one's a good question. So on our website, we do have a portion that's called hair care, and you can actually go there to see everything we suggest. You can print that off or save it to your phone. Our new packaging that we actually just came out with actually has the hair care tips on the packaging, which is awesome. But if as of right now, we do also send hair care sheets in the mail. But I would say my biggest piece of advice is make sure you're using professional products. Sulfate-free shampoo and conditioner are going to be your best friend. Extensions get dry really easily if you're using bad products. And even if it's professional, sulfate can 
just dry them out like crazy. So make sure you're using that. Uh, make sure you have a hair oil you love that you're constantly using mids to ends. We have a hair oil that smells like roses, shameless plug for Chasey Styles, but it's amazing. We also have brushes meant for extensions. We have silk pillowcases and eye masks. All those things are super great to take care of your extensions. Um, something that we have been working on as a company is to just have this be a one-stop shop where you can get your extensions and also everything else that you need to take care of your hair. So you can get um, the oil, the brushes, this uh, the pillowcase I was talking about. Um, and we also have super exciting things in the works so that soon you can get all of your hair care with us. So I'm really excited about that. Okay, next question is, when did you know you wanted to be a hairstylist? So my mom is a hairdresser and has been my whole life. She went to beauty school. Um, out of high school and I believe she's been doing it over 30 years now and it's pretty cool because I grew up in the industry because of her you know we always had a home salon I remember her bringing clients to the house all the time I remember washing my sister's hair in the shampoo bowl one time we got into my mom's color and I tried to foil my sister's hair which was not a good idea um, and my mom kind of taught me some of those skills young she was teaching me how to highlight when I was like 15 or 16 um, sometimes I would throw color on her hair to help her out and I feel like I did learn a lot that way just because us girls were always her guinea pig when she was taking new classes or wanting to try new things. We were her guinea pigs and it was super fun. Um, so I always had an interest in it because of that. And I am a girly girl. So hair was always exciting to me. I started getting hair extensions when I was in seventh grade and haven't stopped since. But when I graduated high school, at first, I didn't know if I wanted to do that. I didn't want to go into hair just because my mom did and kind of feel stuck. So I wanted to find what was right for me. I remember outside of uh, high school, I was like, maybe I'll go to nursing school. Maybe I'll um, be a teacher. Like there were so many different things I was thinking about, but I ended up working at a tennis club for the first year out of high school. And that's literally all I did. I knew college wasn't for me, but I didn't know what I wanted to do quite yet. So I knew college wasn't for me and I was like, all right, I think I'm just going to try hair school. So I did. And I loved it. Hair school's never fun. Like, I mean, there's fun times, but I feel like for the most part, school in general is always just kind of like, oh, I'm over this. I want to get out and do it. So hair school was fun, but I was ready to get out there. And once I got out there, I just ended up loving hair and I loved being creative. I'm definitely a creative mind and I just loved that I could create and, you know, the ability to give someone confidence was always amazing to me. And I loved seeing transformations before and afters that are dramatic are always my favorite. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that because I'm always posting like dramatic before and afters of my sisters or my mom or my friends because I'm like, let's do something fun. So yeah, that's kind of how I knew, but I didn't really know until I got into it. So sometimes you just got to take a chance and, you know, do something and give it a shot. Okay. How long have you been doing hair? Uh, so I started hair school in 2011, so it's been nine years since I started, but I didn't end up graduating until 2014, and that was because I switched schools and had to start over, and then I ended up working and going to school um, towards the end, and so I was like going to school part-time and working part-time, so I had to do less hours, but I finally finished in 2014, so it's been six years that I've officially been licensed, but it's been nine years that I've been like in the industry as a whole. All right, you guys, that is it for today's podcast. I just went through all the questions and answered things that I did not answer on my YouTube video. I will link that YouTube video down in the show notes in case you guys want to watch it because I answered other questions. Um, I hope you guys liked this little episode of just me. I know Stu's the funny one. So the episode was probably a little calmer without him, but he is super busy today. So I just thought I would hop on here and do one by myself. 
Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is jayzstyles.co. That's where we give you guys all the podcast updates. And then my Instagram is jayz.styles and then just jesse with four eyes. I will leave all of that information as long as well as Stu's Instagram as well in the show notes. And I hope you guys enjoyed. We will see you guys next time. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.